friends, Lindsay Perry here, and we are thrilled that you're joining us for our Beyond the Woods podcast. This season is all about your story and how you found success. Throughout this season, you will hear from your Beyond family on how they found success and how you can take a page right out of their guide. In this episode, we will be learning from Megan Powell and how developmental courage has delivered her into delivery. Megan, how are you doing, my friend? Hi, I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for asking. I just, I'm so excited you're here. I'm excited to be here. You know, you're one of my favorite people. We've (laughs) known each other forever. And just getting the opportunity to sit here and have you join our Beyond the Woods podcast is pretty exciting for me. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your incredibly busy day to sit down with us. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me to be here. I can't wait. Before we get into this, clearly I know you. We've got a nice little history and background, but let's let's let everybody get to know you a little bit. What do you do here at Beyond and what in the world is delivery? Okay. So I am a product owner in the IT delivery department. So what that actually means is the IT delivery department is a form of IT. There are different kinds of IT. It's not all the same. Right. (laughs) Contrary to popular opinion, it's all different. (laughs) And so IT delivery, we are responsible for all of the different software updates that you all are getting. So if you're using the landing, we manage that or any changes that are made, we do that. Or if you're using Jarvis as somebody on the servicing side, that's something that IT delivery manages. We make those updates to make everyone's jobs better and more enhanced, more streamlined, any of those changes, those would go through the IT delivery department. As a product owner, my responsibility on the IT delivery team is to just really it's working with everyone. So I can meet with leadership or the users and figure out what are your needs? What would move your team forward? What things are missing? What enhancements do you want made? And then I figure out a solution for those or, you know, really what you need, not so much what you're asking for, but what do you really need from this? And then I take it back and I work with my team or other teams to really determine what needs to happen, who needs to do the work, how does it need to get done? And then I would work with my team to make it happen. So, you know, those are really the magic makers, my developers and my QA, because they make the things happen and they make it great quality. So what I'm hearing you say is IT delivery is kind of like Wizard of Oz behind the (laughs) technology curtain. Okay. Okay. And then (laughs) your magic makers are the ones that are just making everything happen. Mm -hmm. And often people don't even know that they're behind the scenes doing all of this work. Absolutely. You know, it's really common for the business analyst or the product owner. We have that face-to-face time with our users or our leadership. And a lot of times I feel like the other people, the developers, the QA, the data people, they don't often get recognized for the amazing work that they do. Well, I know we would be lost without them and you have an incredible team and we're very lucky to have them. So thank you so much for putting your time into them and helping them, encouraging them and empowering them to do what they do best so that we can all get our jobs done on the front end. Thank thank you for that. Now, let's go into a little history and get to know Megan Powell. How in the world did you get into financial technology? Oh, well, that is an interesting story. I can take you back to the beginning. Yeah. Okay. So I was uh, 15 years old and I was working. I had my first job at 15 working at 
this little Mexican restaurant down the street from my house. I was a hostess and I was there for about two years. So when I was 17, I had some regulars that came in and it just so happened I was asking them, do you know of any good summer jobs? I could really use some extra cash. And one of the gentlemen who I spoke with worked at Heartland and he said, hey, are you, you know, why don't you come apply here? I think personality would be a great fit. And so uh, I didn't know at the time that he was sort of in a leadership position at the company. And so I went in and I applied and at 17, uh, I was hired as a part-time employee at Heartland. And so that began my career. What were you hired on to do? So I was hired in as somebody in a deployment department. So my responsibility, I worked with the people who would do the downloads into the terminals And basically I answered emails, printed off all the paperwork that they needed and gave it to them to do their jobs. That was my very first job, like in that industry. It was a few years later, you know, after working, I had moved around the company quite a bit. I just kept, I just wanted to know more. I just wanted to learn more. And so any opportunity that I had to do a different role or to move up, I would just jump on it. So what kind of stuff did you do? So I worked in, uh, let's see, some kind of finance side. So I did... um, started to learn some pricing. I did application entry. I started to dabble in underwriting. I answered phones. I worked chargebacks and retrievals. I worked in the deployment department, downloading terminals for quite a while. So I just, I jumped all over the place before IT. So you have a pretty good extensive, um, well, I guess you've spent time in pretty much every area that touches the financial technology industry as far as like the corporate side of the house goes, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think you're only missing training. (laughs) Training and sales. (laughs) Okay. So I happen to know a few people in both areas. (laughs) Do we need to just give you a full circle so you can have a little part of all of it and just move you over into training or throw you into sales for a little bit? (laughs) I love it. I love it. That would fully round me out. (laughs) Perfect. So you said you were just curious and you just wanted to keep learning more. And that's why any opportunity you said, all right, I want to try that. Tell me a little more about that curiosity you have. I don't know. I never, I never wanted to just sit still. I always wanted to know. So when I'm doing my job, I would keep asking more and more questions. Like, will you show me that? What does that mean? How do you do that? I just wanted to, to fully understand because this industry is so huge and all the departments do completely different things. And I wasn't satisfied until I knew, you know, everything and how it worked and why we did what we did. It just really fulfilled me having more knowledge of the industry. What I love about that is so many people, you know, I mean, you're talking going from customer support to doing behind the scenes deployment type things to then doing a different kind of behind the scenes with IT to all these different areas. That takes quite a bit of courage to make those changes, because like you said, each area is doing something completely different, Mm -hmm. all necessary. This ship doesn't sail without it, but they're all doing very different things. You, you a little brave there or something? What you got going on? Because <laughs> yeah. that's kind of rare. You don't see that very often. Well, thank you. I, yeah, I mean, it was kind of scary. I'm stepping out, doing things that I've never done before, but just diving in. And yeah, it was scary, but I didn't want that to stop me. You know, never let fear stop me in that. I love that. And, you know, we actually, for, for all of our listeners, Megan and I met each other in our Heartland days. And... I didn't realize I knew her there until I heard her laugh. <laughs> and then when we came back, you know, cause I didn't have the opportunity to meet very many people face to face. By the time I started at Heartland, it was a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was 
it was doing things. I think already at that point, what, 2012, been around 20, 20 plus years mm -hmm. at that point. And so very established company. And there were a lot of people working there and I didn't have the opportunity to see everybody's faces, but I recognized your voice <laughs> and then especially your laugh. Yes. It's one of my favorite things. I hope one day to get it recorded so it can be my ringtone because I think <laughs> it'll just make me happy to have my phone ring then. Yes. <laughs> Harvey, now that we have her laughing, no. are you going to do this for me? Perfect, guys. Harvey is going to help me get my favorite ringtone that I've been asking for for three years. Dream come true. Perfect. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. So you started at 17. You played in almost every part of financial technology, with exception of training and sales. And don't worry, guys. We're going to see if we can't fix that for her. Just give her a full, full view of everything. But I'm curious. 17 years working for Bob Carr. What's that like? So, you know, I worked yep, starting at 17, you know, knowing Bob, it was amazing. He used to have these all hands meetings and I was just amazed that a CEO of a company would spend time going to what I believe was every kind of department, every cluster and having this face-to-face -face time with his employees. Wow. And I was just amazed that somebody at a C level would do something like that, would want to know his employees. And I just feel, I know I was just amazed by that. And I love that. And working for Bob was just was such a unique experience because even back at Heartland, you know, before the beyond days, he just prided himself in having these values. He didn't want to hurt the customers. He wanted to do right by the customers. And I believe most of the things I did, especially in my days of working on Atlas was what can we do to help other people, to help our customers? Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know, I felt like one of the good guys because somebody that you're standing behind or working for had such high morals. And I feel like that's unique. It is very unique. And I, I can't even imagine 17 years. I'm pumped. I have five years. Oh. You know, I, I finally got my out of the woods painting. I was so excited, Megan. Like, yes. I, I kind of teared up a little bit. I was super excited. I was nervous to take it out of the plastic because I... <laughs> I'm such a weirdo, but I didn't want anything to happen to it until I was able to hang it. I was like, I don't want anybody to touch it. You can look at it. Don't touch it because it just, it means so much to me. And mm -hmm. for, for people who are kind of new to our world, Rock's Legacy is a series of paintings that Bob awards his employees. And on the sales side, they earn it by their portfolio. But for, for those of us that work on the corporate side, we earn it through years of servitude in working with Bob. So out of the woods comes at five years. Your past five years. I am. I'm at 14 years collectively. 14 years collectively. So uh, do you have your second painting yet? I do. I have my second painting. So now I'm just a little over halfway towards my third and I'm very excited. So you're out of the woods and sitting <laughs> at inspiration point right now. <laughs> and she's getting closer and closer to Journey's Reflection. That's so cool. And I mean... To be able to start at 17 and because a lot of people, it takes them a while to find a leader that is doing the right thing. That's inspirational, that they want to make that their career. Mm -hmm. Clearly, unless you've got a whole change up your sleeve somewhere, I kind of think this might be your career path. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Definitely my career path. So we've got at 17, you found not only your career path, essentially, you used some extreme developmental courage to discover everything that was going on, but you actually found a leader pretty early on that you knew you could believe in. And that even as a CEO, 
he was making time to go around still, just like he does now, mm -hmm. being involved in the business and getting to know everybody. Absolutely. It's so cool. It is. It is amazing. I had never met a chief until I came here to, you know, beyond realistically, mm -hmm. I guess a little bit at Heartland because I was exposed to the ones that were in, in Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. But when I came over here to beyond, I was blown away. Like I got to meet our chief executive officer. I got to meet our CSO. I got to meet our COO and our CTO. And they're all incredible people. We were so lucky. I mean, I, I can't even imagine that. And I, I remember one of my first hires that I'd hired came from a huge, huge company. I myself came from a really big company as well. And it blew his mind that a chief would talk to them. And then we had this CEO's news and views call and Bob gives out his cell phone number oh. <laughs> on the call. And I'm thinking, there's no way this isn't his real cell phone number. And luckily I, I was kind of lucky and I had his number. So I typed it <laughs> in my phone real quick. I was like, oh my gosh, this, he just gave the entire company the same phone number that I call when I need to reach out to him. Am I in a different world? <laughs> He's very reachable. You know, I feel like you can email him and you're going to get a response. He's never too busy to mm -hmm. reply. And I feel like that same way for all of our C-level, all of our leadership, everyone is mm -hmm. just so reachable. They're so down to earth. And I'm in the same boat, you know, at Heartland, yeah. I didn't have a lot of exposure to C-level. I definitely did on the sales side with the IT work that I was doing. Uh, but apart from that, I didn't really have a lot of exposure to the C-level. So coming over here, it's been a completely different experience because they work even closer with mm -hmm. everyone here. And it's, it's just been an amazing experience. No looking back for us, right? Definitely not. Forward. <laughs> I love it. So I want to learn a little bit about kind of how you feel like your, your ability to just be really dedicated to working hard, your thirst for knowledge, your desire to just do more, learn more, be more. How has that helped lead to your success today? Yeah. I'm, I mean, that's how I got into IT specifically. So, you know, I, I moved around all over the different departments prior to going into IT. And so at one point at Heartland, I had a leader um, who I hadn't worked for, uh, but he, for a while, and, you know, he just saw my successes and how I was moving around and how I was determined. And a position had opened up on this department. Uh, it was kind of like pre-IT. It wasn't, they didn't exactly have an IT department yet. And okay. so it was something I had never done before, but he said, I think you would be the perfect fit for this. I know it's completely different. It's nothing you've ever done before. What do you think? And I said, sign me up. I'm ready. Mm. You know, that was the developmental courage you were talking about how I just, I didn't let it hold me back, even though it was nothing I'd ever done, but it seemed really interesting. And so I jumped on that opportunity. I worked on that team for a while. And it, like I said, it was pre-IT. So it was kind of a combination of the different roles that we have separated out now in IT delivery where I would work with some of the business users, get the requirements. I would work with a developer and then test everything out and just make sure it was right. But then they actually, they moved it into an actual IT department. They started a real IT department for what we do internally at Heartland. And, you know, I was one of the first who started the IT department. I was on board and I just, I don't know, I feel like that's how I got to where I am today because I just... I never let anything hold me back. I just kept moving forward, even if it was scary, even, you know, if I didn't know exactly what was going on and I didn't exactly know the role that I moved into when they started the IT department. I just did a bunch of research and I just kept doing it until I got it right. And I just kept asking questions and I kept, you know, trying to find other people who knew what was going on. 
uh, to learn from. And I think that's how I got to where I am today. I don't know if you realize it or not, but you just described the mindset and the grit that it takes to be an incredibly successful salesperson. (laughs) I did not know that. (laughs) Your just willingness to not take no and to just keep moving on and keep pressing and say, okay, I'm going to learn from this mistake. I'm going to learn from this obstacle. I'm going to just keep going and keep learning and do more. That is by the definition what makes our our successful salespeople successful. So if you ever decide that sales is where you want to try, <laughs> I think you're already off to a good start. <laughs> it sounds like it. it sounds Just like that it. willingness to try. So I kind of want to know, I, I, like I said earlier, I don't meet very many people that have as much developmental courage as you have. Most people find their niche and they kind of stick there and they feel comfortable and there's nothing wrong with that. I myself kind of have my areas that I really like to stay in as well. But what pointers would you have for somebody who might be looking to learn a new skill or like take on something new in their role here at Beyond? Yeah, I just don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, don't be afraid to reach out to people who have the answers uh, and don't be afraid to keep trying because I, yeah, not everything I did was always successful. I didn't always get a yes when I wanted to do something, but that never stopped me. I would learn from my failures or learn from the no's and figure out what to do to correct that to get where I want to go. And I mean, I would highly suggest that because I think it'll work out. You know, you're going to keep learning those skills. And if you don't have them, I feel like here we have amazing people who are going to help you along your path. They're going to give you the advice, the encouragement, everything that you would need to be successful. I feel like there's a great culture of that, you know, in our building for sure, but in our company and Just don't give up and don't stop, even if you're told no. Just keep going and learning from the failures. Well, Megan, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back from our break, we're going to learn more about how your ability to just keep rolling with it, not take no, and just keep pressing on has helped you find success and how I have a feeling it's going to take you to the next level. We'll be right back. This Beyond the Woods episode is brought to you by Chip In. Hello, Sales Squad. Alyssa Covey here to tell you about the new Chip In webinars available every day of the week. You will find three webinars for nonprofits, and you will also find two webinars for merchants. You can find these in your sales training calendar, of course. Where else? In the landing. Come learn and teach your merchants all about how chip-in can impact their business or nonprofit. One of the things I really want to get a better understanding of, and especially I want our listeners to get a better understanding of, is what is the impact that the technology delivery, the IT delivery team has on beyond in our day-to-day lives? Yeah, I feel like sometimes IT is just this very unseen department. So we have a huge impact. I mean, without IT delivery, I don't think anyone here would be able to do their jobs. You know, we, we built the platform that sales users put in their deals. We've built the behind the scenes to get people paid, you know, salespeople paid. We have the tools that the servicing center uses. So everything that's being used is there because our IT delivery department spun it up. We started it and now we support it. And now we make it better. We try to make 
people's jobs enhanced, more efficient. So we're, you know, it's not stagnant. We're constantly moving, constantly doing things to try to just enhance jobs and enhance what we can provide our customers. And we're always looking forward to try to move things along, not just satisfying current needs, but where does our company want to be in the future? And then we try to figure out how to make that happen. And, and that actually reminds me of a conversation that Audrey and I had the other day about future casting. Mm-hmm. You know, she was telling me one of the things that, and, and for those of you that don't know, Audrey kind of specializes in helping with the like landing for the salespeople and Megan, your team is more, and I know you guys cross over a lot, so this mm-hmm. is definitely too simplified, but you guys are helping and a little more focused on the service center here and making sure they have what they need. And then there's clearly overlap, but mm-hmm. Audrey and I were talking about, you know, what's coming up next. What does sales need? And she has quite a long wish list. (laughs) Trust me, my friends, uh, we keep her busy with lists there. She started talking about some of the ideas and she was telling me, you know, this isn't really future proof. Mm -hmm. We need to start thinking about in five years, how's it going to do? Talk to me a little bit about that, because I think that's a concept, especially when it comes to technology that most people don't really understand. What do you guys really mean when you say you're future casting, you know, that you're always moving forward, looking for the next thing? What's that really mean in your world? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it means a couple of things. Uh, The first one is, you know, we are startup. So some of the things that we built were, okay, we know that we don't need this long term, but we need to get something up and running. We need to do something now. So we built several things to, you know, uh, give us what we need for now. Mm -hmm. However, we know that, okay, that's not exactly where we want to end up. So how can we make these things last a long time? Or what do we need to change uh, to get us from the, we need to do this now to how will this support us in the future? And then I think the second part is, you know, we know as a company, we're going to keep growing. We're going to change. We're going to want more products, this or that. How do we build all of our systems in such a way that they're connected that we're not only we're not only de- like delivering software to satisfy solutions now, but think about, well, in the future, we need it to be flexible enough to handle this scenario or things that we don't do yet, but we know will be coming. So we actually spend a lot of time, IT delivery in general, we spend a lot of time with leadership you know, mm-hmm. from every level trying to determine, okay, we'll give you this thing for now, but where is the company do we see ourselves heading? Mm-hmm. What are our biggest goals in 2020 and what do we need to do to achieve those? So, you know, IT is not stagnant. We are constantly moving forward and not just with the software that we're delivering for the company, not just with the solutions we're giving everyone, but even technology in general mm. that we're using is constantly moving forward. I think that's one of the fun parts of IT delivery is that everything is moving forward. Everything is, you know, looking for the future. And I think that's how we stay relevant. That's how we stay successful is by focusing on the future. Well, and for someone who has such a hunger for learning, I can see why you're settling a little more here on the IT and on the delivery side is because you're really, if every day you have a new challenge and something new that you get to take on and it's not just the same wash, rinse, repeat for you. Absolutely. I love that about it. You're absolutely right. I really enjoy it. It's really fast paced and you're constantly moving and you're constantly changing gears and you have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to handle that ever changing need uh, from your team, from the solutions, just mm-hmm. everything you're doing has to move forward quickly. Well, and one of the biggest lessons that I've taken away from our IT team, our delivery team is the MVS, minimal viable solution. When I first heard that, it was, I, 
I didn't really, I mean, I knew what all the words meant, but I didn't understand really what it meant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So another way to think about this. So understanding what the landing is, for example, we did, we followed that MVS process where we're breaking, we know what you need, but we're breaking it down into small chunks that we can give you quickly to get you going. Mm. So if we hadn't broken that down, we would still be working on delivering the landing for the first time. Now imagine, so that would be almost three years of paper apps. Exactly. Every deal would have been paper up until now. You wouldn't be able to track any of your accounts. You wouldn't be able to service any of your accounts. It would be horrible because we're trying to build that perfect thing for you. Now imagine three years goes by and we finally deliver what you're looking for and you get in and you find out, oh, this isn't exactly, I know it's Mm. what I asked for, but it's not exactly what I needed. And then we have to go back to the drawing board and you have this tool that you're using that you you can't use because it doesn't give you what you need. So then we'd have to go back and start delivering it all over again. And maybe it would take another year to give you what you need. So with the MVS and breaking it down, maybe we do give you a small chunk. It's not everything that you need, but it's going to move you forward. It won't make you do paper apps for three years, but you'll be able to start seeing things move and change. And we can deliver faster. We can make these changes faster if we're delivering smaller chunks. And that is something that I feel like our department prides itself in. And we're very, what we call agile. So we're Mm -hmm. constantly moving and changing and trying to deliver as quickly as possible quality items, again, to get you to the car, but it could be a skateboard. It could be a bike. Mm. It could be a moped before it ever gets to the car, but we're advancing and we're making sure we're delivering what you actually need and that it's right without having to go back and do a bunch of rework. And there's not a lot of waste that way. Mm. And and that's the part that I know I'm super appreciative of. You guys know I can come up with some big hairy dreams. I have all <laughs> sorts of ideas and how, you know, we can have our own this or that or whatever it may be. And one of the things I love about this department is their ability to help me understand that we hear you. We want to give you that. But let's make sure this is actually what's needed and that this isn't just what's needed by you, Lindsay, but this is what's needed by beyond, because at the end of the day, we're all in the same ship. We're all headed in the same direction. We're all, you know, putting in the same hard work, but we have to be working together. And sometimes we need to rely, I would say most of the time, we need to rely on the expertise of the people that that's their job. You know, if your job is to be the person to steer the ship, I probably don't need to get in there and try to tell you a better technique on how to do that. You know, I need to trust that you have that. And I love that you guys are able to help me understand that and help me see how I may need this one thing first, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know for instance, one of the things Audrey and I've really been working on is a cool new dashboard. And you and I've talked a lot about it because we've, we've worked on something in the past and just for me to have to slow down and understand, we want to give you that, but if we give you what you're asking for now, it may break. Mm -hmm. Let us build a strong infrastructure. Let us give you this minimal, minimal viable solution and give you something that will move you forward, mm-hmm. that will advance you just a little bit, get you where you're going and prove that we're building the strong underlying structure that everything can be built on top of. Absolutely. And you make a good point there. Without a strong structure, we really can't build on top of that. And so, you know, sometimes I've heard people say, you guys are kind of moving slowly or why isn't this done yet? Well, it's because we're focused right now and trying to make sure that the structure that we're building is good to stand on because we know that We did some things when we started that were now deliverables. And now we want to make sure that we have that strong structure to support us going forward without having to go back and redo a bunch of things. So when that happens, we are trying to make that foundation strong. That's a very important step in being in IT. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you for helping me understand that part of 
the IT delivery and what, what you really do and what you're paid to do here at Beyond. But for, for our listeners, you, you all, you may not be aware that uh, Megan was part of starting up our Beyond Women's group. And I'm really proud of this. I think it's really awesome. Megan, I'd love to hear your story about that. Why? Why did you want to start a women's group? And who is a part of the women's group? Give us the details. Okay, absolutely. I'm very excited to talk about this with you. So starting a women's group is something I'm extremely passionate about, advocacy for women in the workplace, especially, and especially women in IT. So it started as just a women in IT. So I would, I would schedule like lunches where all of the women in IT delivery would get together and we'd go to lunch together and we would talk about topics that were relevant for us, especially women in the workplace. Like, does the glass ceiling exist or how do we support each other or imposter syndrome? And we would talk through those things. And the reason why it was especially important for women in IT is notoriously IT is a men's club. You know, it's a man's world, mostly. We have a <laughs> lot of males in IT and not so many women. So I thought, well, let's come together. Let's support each other. Let's talk about these things on, it's okay to be, you know, a woman in IT. It's okay to be a woman in the workplace. And you know, what does that mean? I feel like the mindset is changing in the mm -hmm. workplace, just in general. And so we started there. Well, it was around, I would say a little bit before the bash word had got out mm -hmm. and uh, Catherine Hollis and Ivy Cohen are a couple of the other women who reached out to me and said, Hey, we hear what you're doing. We are so interested. Let's talk about this. So, you know, we started there and we just brought more and more women in into our committee to talk about it. And we thought we want to start up a company wide group. We think mm -hmm. that this is a relevant topic and it's not just for women. You know, men are also a part of the committee or not the committee, but men are also a part of the group as well, where it's women supporting women, men supporting women and men understanding that, you know, notoriously it's a different world for women in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And how can we bring awareness to that? And how can we support women in the workplace from many facets? Mm. So, you know, we got started, we did kick it off at the last bash and we had a great response from mm -hmm. all over the place, you know, from it, just from everyone all over the company, different roles. We, it's just been an outpouring of support and it's been a great experience. It really has. And I was honestly honored when you reached out and asked if, if I would be willing to be a part of the committee, because, you know, I've, I've always been a driven individual and yes, I'm a woman too, <laughs> you know, but I have really big dreams. And I knew that if I, if I could at my deathbed, go to go and, and have that final moment knowing that I did everything I could to help everybody that I interacted with find out that they could do what they wanted to and I could help them become the best part of them and I could believe in them and I could pour into them, then I could I could go out saying, I did what I wanted to do. I've reached my goals and I don't need a title. I don't need things like that. What I want to know is that I'm impacting people and that I'm helping people and now I get an opportunity to help people understand what it is like for a woman in the workplace. And it can get a little uncomfortable, but it needs to be talked about. People do need to understand that we're here. We're not leaving the workforce. We're really good at it. Yes. We're really good at it. We can solve problems. We can do all of the same jobs. You know, we, we have a lot to bring to the table and we can do it like a lady. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with approaching business from a woman's standpoint and from the way that we handle things. And I feel like, I feel like that conversation is finally changing yes. on a global scale. 
And it's just magnificent to watch. And I think bringing awareness to it is mm -hmm. the very first step. And then it's acknowledging and then, okay, well, let's do something about it. Let's understand that it's okay. And, you know, I feel like the business world dating back to, I won't get into all of that, but you know how, <laughs> how all of that started. It was very male dominated and it was very, you know, men and women are different and mm -hmm. they, they do work differently. Their brains work differently. The way that they speak to each other is different. You know, I feel like men have a tendency to be very short and concise and direct where women, we could be a little more verbose, but there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's mm -hmm. okay. And I feel like we both have our different strengths to bring to the workplace and the workplace is better for it. Yes. But I do feel like we need to recognize that and say, you know, it's okay. And what kind of changes, maybe we aren't doing the best we can for the women in our company. And well, how can we change that? And I feel like we're on the step of we're advocating and acknowledging. And I think we're on the precipice of, okay, well, how do we start making changes? I agree. And one of the things that I found so interesting when we went to that first meeting at the bash, I loved looking around and seeing so many men in the room. Um, and there was a lot of confusion. A lot of the guys didn't understand. They thought if, you know, it said women's, so they were left out. And the response from them feeling left out was amazing. They were hurt because they wanted to be there. They felt like they wanted to show us that they believe in what we're doing, but they didn't understand. And now if, if you haven't heard it before, let us demystify it. It is not a group just for women. You are going to get to learn a lot about women though. Yes. <laughs> so, but it's not just for women. It's for everybody. Mm -hmm. And, and that makes me think about, um, gosh, it was a couple months back. I was having dinner with Chad and he started talking about being a sponsor for women and how that that's something that you, you know, women need to do and that men need to do is find a woman, find someone that is similar to you that says, I have big dreams. I want to do things. I believe I have a lot to offer. I've got more developmental courage than the average bear. <laughs> Put me in coach. And we just sometimes need somebody to kind of take us under their wing and, and give us some of that guidance that will help us get there while at the same time, understanding that it is okay for us to do it a little differently. And for me, it was just so, so eye-opening to hear that not come from a woman. Absolutely. But to have that come from a man and one of our chiefs and how that just kind of a wave of peace kind of washed over me because I thought, you know what? This, this is the right place. They get it. They understand. And they, they know it's not perfect right now. We know we don't have as many women in leadership that we will one day. We know that. And we know that we will. But do you know what? They see it and they're trying to make a difference. They're trying to educate all of us so that we understand what can be done. And honestly, the benefit of having powerful women in the workplace and embracing that. Absolutely. It has been phenomenal to see just the outpouring of support, especially you're correct. You know, that meeting with having so many men in the room and especially a lot of C-level men. I mean, we had, I think they were all there. I think so too. Everyone on the board was there. So everyone is behind us and we have great advocates like Chad, Brian Thompson, et cetera. Everyone is, is just really behind mm -hmm. this. And some of the fun things that we've done, we did have a webinar with mm -hmm. Sarah McCrary, who is a CEO at a company, which so cool. yes, she's very powerful, very intelligent. And so we just talked to her, not just about, what is it like to be a woman in a right. C level? But it was interesting what you can learn from how do women do it differently? Mm -hmm. You know, how do women, a lot of times it's associated with having families and also running the house and doing this or that, but also becoming successful. And so that's just a part of the conversation. And 
we have other fun things coming up where we want to talk to other women in our workplace as well. Well, how did you get to where you are today and what do you have you know, advice and how are we doing things differently? And yes, everyone is welcome. I feel like it's a conversation for every employee, not just mm -hmm. women. And so I'm excited to see just the support that we've had so far. Well, from one lady to another, I must thank you. Thank you for being so passionate about this, that you were willing to get it started and that you were willing to take it to the next level. And Ivy and Catherine, thank you for seeing this and bringing it to Megan's attention that let's not just keep it in the IT space. Let's, let's bring it out to all of beyond. So I've got one, I'll probably have a few more, but one last <laughs> question for you. Um, how does an employee get involved? If someone's wanting to get involved in this pro this movement, let's just call it a movement. Yeah, sounds good. Love that. How do how do people get involved in this Beyond Women? You can email the committee, uh, the Beyond Women committee, and that will go out to everyone who's who's on the committee, and we can respond to you. So if you want to know how can you help, uh, we can respond with that, or just some other things that we highly encourage are get together with the women in your area, in your department, in your region, and go to lunch, have a book club, have these tough conversations, um, invite everyone again, not just women, but just make sure that you're really talking about the issues. A group of guys can get together and talk about how do we support the women that we work with? And I think being open to those conversations, being open to really understanding the struggles is really important. And then we're always going to have future events that we could use mm -hmm. help with or use ideas. If you have ideas for, Hey, why don't we I think this is an amazing book that I think will help let's read this or anything mm -hmm. that you have just come to us. There are plenty of ways to get involved besides just meeting up. So don't be shy, reach out. We want to hear from you and let's just start talking about it. That's the best way to make magic and to make a change is to just talk about it. Absolutely. It's amazing what you can uncover just from speaking with someone openly. So Megan, as we close this off, and I don't want to give them too much because I know we've got an event coming up soon, but as we start to close this off, I'd like to know, is there anybody that you would like to give a special shout out to or kudos or someone who's really impacted you either professionally or just personally? I would love to give a shout out to my amazing supportive team in IT delivery. So John Salmon, Charlie Hust, Jennifer Davies, they are phenomenal. And those are some of the people I was speaking about earlier who don't often get the, the sight from the rest of the company, but what they're doing is so impactful for the company. And they have just been an amazing team. I'm lucky to work with them. Uh, they're just rock stars. And so I definitely want to give a shout out to them. And, you know, I've also had the pleasure of working with a lot of strong women in IT, which again, I know I mentioned earlier that it's very male dominated. There are a lot of strong women in IT. Yes. We have a lot of leaders in our department. And so all of them have just been amazing and I just want to thank them because I find ourselves in a lot of meetings where mm -hmm. we're just together as these strong women leading and making decisions for the company and it's just really empowering and I just want to thank all of the women in IT because they all support me in one way or another. Well, Megan, thank you so much for joining us. I had such a good time talking with you and I got my ringtone finally, so I'm really <laughs> excited about that. But thank you for joining us. Um, and let's just, let's keep doing, let's keep, you know what? Let's take a page out of Megan's book. Let's all throw on our hat of developmental courage and see what we can't do to go out there and learn something new and try something that scares us to allow it to make us a little better. Thank you and we'll talk to you soon.
Hey, Alyssa. What, Harvey? Do you know what would be super awesome? A whole bunch of puppies? Yes, but also how our listeners can support the pod. Yes, that's awesome too. You can support the pod by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing on all of your social media. Alyssa, I think you nailed it. Thanks.